It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from Studio 31, inside City National Arena, we bring you one hour of hockey talk. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, falling to the Montreal Canadiens last night in the Stanley Cup semifinal series. Four games to two in the set, three games to two in overtime in game number six. Uh, Darren Millard here alongside former National Hockey Laker and BGK television analyst Shane Knighty. What we have for you today is a little bit of analysis and a little bit of therapy. And we're going we're gonna to combine the two if, uh, if we can do that for everybody. You need therapy? Uh, I think we all need a little bit of therapy, a little bit of consoling uh, after last night. And if you want to uh, participate, uh, send us uh, your questions. Uh, put out, uh, out on Twitter, nighttime at noon is the hashtag. And uh, we'd love to uh, interact with you on uh, on what is a disappointing uh, end to this Stanley Cup uh, playoff run and a season in which the Vegas Golden Knights uh, set all kinds of uh, great performances, 40 wins, most in the National Hockey League during the regular season, uh, overcame the mystique of Minnesota in the first round and the best team in the NHL and the President Trophy winners in Colorado. And then I don't know whether it was the ghosts of the bubble that came back and haunted Vegas or the ghosts of Montreal that helped the Canadians, but... It's a defeat uh, for the Golden Knights. Well, a couple things there just to touch on. Number one, it's proof regular season doesn't automatically carry over into playoffs. It, it, the game changes. The, the want, the will, the buy-in uh, becomes that much more intense if you want to reach that ultimate goal. Uh, 18th seed, the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And let's give credit where it's due. They played their system, their team game, as well as you can do. I think there there wasn't many holes to their game. They frustrated the Golden Knights. They were opportunistic at the right time. Um, you know, their rush, rush defense was fantastic. It just did not give much at all. And you have to give credit to them for the way they played. Um, and it's well-deserved win. They, they've shut down three highly offensive teams to get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, very good Toronto team. That a lot of offense. And mm-hmm. Austin Matthews led regular season in goals. Uh, they go through the Winnipeg Jets, dynamic offensive group, um, and then run into the Vegas Golden Knights and able to do the same thing as they kept the forward group quiet for Vegas. So uh, let's give them credit. And then on the flip side, well, the Golden Knights weren't able to get the job done. I think their defense group stepped up. I think goaltending was good. Um, but guys they needed to produce didn't. And if you're going to get to the final, those are the guys got to lead the way. You're guys that, you know, when you look at salaries and what they're brought in to do is to provide offense, to provide those goals. And it's not only in a 5-5 five and five situation. The power play was a disappointment for them. Uh, these were close games, but those are the difference in those type of games. Special teams were a huge factor in this series. Uh, and it was a negative factor for Vegas. They need to, you know, this is where assessment comes in. And, yeah, we're still digesting a lot of this. And you and I'll continue to, as you said, therapy. We'll talk it out here in the next, uh, what do we got, 57, 56 minutes. Well, plus commercials. But, um, well, you're making it, it sound out. manageable now. Oh, well, making it sound manageable. we got a lot to, lot to unpack in that time. And, and, you know, I look at the game last night. I, I didn't like the Golden Knights uh, game four or game five. Uh their effort they're able to pull one out uh in in game four 
game five at home was was a disappointment to me. Game three I thought was their best game, just a unique, crazy incident that uh, led to that loss. Game one was good. Uh, but when I'm talking about it, two really good efforts and a good effort last night, three out of six games isn't uh, isn't what you need. You need more of that. And for the Golden Knights, they're going to have to let this sink in, and you've got to learn from it. Uh, that That's certainly one of the things. I think they said all the right things at the end. You know, when they're talking, Mark Stone's certainly holding himself accountable. Um, I think he's a guy that will be better. You get to these scenarios, and you get to this point, it is hard to win, regardless of your opponent. On paper, doesn't mean a thing in playoffs. It's who goes out and plays. Who has that want? Who has that will? Who has that execution? And it was the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the series uh, bookended by 4-1 decisions. Uh, the Golden Knights won the opener and uh, uh, lose uh, uh, in Game 6, or actually Game 5, 4-1. Uh, 3-2 uh, was the popular score in, in this series as uh, the Montreal Canadiens managed to find ways to win uh, three times with that score. And that's sort of a coincidence. But what sort of jumps out is, and what will be hard to take is, did the Golden Knights, did we see the best of the Golden Knights in this series? For three games, mm-hmm. which isn't enough. Mm-hmm. It was a six-game uh, series, six series loss. And, in, you know, three games they played well. Uh, they lost two of them. Uh, when you look at it, game three and game six. Uh, I thought, you know, a little bit of a slow start last night to that game. Uh, which you kind of expect. You're playing a little bit on the cautious side, but I thought they got to their game. They created yep. chances. But, boy, Montreal is opportunistic. You know, how many times do they have breakaways and clear plays off turnovers? You, you look at the first goal by Montreal. You know, goal, Vegas hadn't given much, and Alec Martinez made a great play, turn up on the penalty kill, and just was unable to get the backhand elevated. Went right to Shea Weber, not the guy you want shooting the puck. Broken stick. Like, what a time yeah, for the yeah, stick to just, break. Just not uh, not what you want in that at that time, and he put it home. And then the Caulfield goal, uh, you know, he, he speed outside. Uh, Leonard went for the poke check. He read it, put it up and over. But before that, you go back, the Golden Knights making a change, didn't get it completely deep, and that's where the Canadians, if you make those type of puck decisions mistake, they have the ability for a quick strike counterattack. And, and we saw it all serious. Uh, the breakaways they were able to get, uh, get in behind the Golden Knights, it wasn't really a defensive lapse. It was more off a bad decision with the puck that led to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal showed again in Game 6 their counterpunch ability. Yeah. Well, overtime winner was counterpunch. Mm-hmm. It was an offensive zone draw for the Golden Knights. Right before that, Pacioretty had a great chance. Save Price, shot off the draw, another save by Price, and then the counterpunch attack. All the way down, a little bit of a... You know, kind of got mixed up. It was it was a good rush by and well executed by Montreal uh, as they were able to score that overtime goal. Kind of got caught, didn't have the trailer coming back, little out of position cross, and that's how you know mistakes are part of the game. That's what happens. It just went against the the Golden Knights' favor. Uh, total goals in the series may surprise some people, but it was 15-13 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. At times, it felt more than that. I know it was a close series, and, and that's that's maybe the hardest thing to swallow is you think of how close it is, and you think of the guys you would have liked to get, you know, two, three goals out of that forward group or, or the power play able to get, you know, two or three goals in this series. It's a big difference. Changes it. Changes it massively.
Uh, so if you're going to, uh, and we'll we'll kind of go through the roster as as we continue on through this hour, and we've got a big game seven tonight on the other side of the bracket, Tampa Bay and uh, the New York Islanders with some history on the line as well uh, for uh, games with uh, a goal uh, consecutively uh, with Reggie Leach watching that one, uh, with Braden <laughs> Point uh, taking in that one. Uh, so that'll be a, an interesting one as as well. But uh, if, if you're going to sort of, uh, we have to find a reason why the Golden Knights are out and why Montreal is moving on. Is it more because of what Vegas wasn't able to accomplish and things like the power play, or was it uh, what Montreal was able to adjust to? I think it's a combination. I, you know, it'd be great to say, okay, if you could narrow it down to the one thing or one or two things, but this was a combination. And the Golden Knights going into this, I and I still believe that right up until the end, that if they could go out and execute their game plan and play as well as they could, get their top guys going, they would win the series. Montreal was able to tamper that and to to say hey no we're we're going to stick to the, like they did not deviate from their game plan you see golden knights tried to force some things at certain times in this series they tried to change things up montreal did not deviate from their game plan and um that uh, is why you know part of it is what they were able to do and then part of it was when you're when there's somebody that's slowing you down you've got to find ways to get by it you've got to find that will to to make a difference in a game um, and Vegas just, just couldn't get enough of that. And, and that's where, you know, you need that spark at a certain time, a momentum shift. And, you know, I keep saying the power play, but it's it's quite obvious how it, you know, it, it didn't provide anything for them. Pete DeBoer uh, was one of those that spoke after the game and was asked about what has to change. Here's the Vegas Golden Knights head coach after a second consecutive loss in the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know if they're exactly the same issues. I, I thought, you know, I thought a year ago uh, with our group, we wouldn't get through the Minnesota series uh, like we did this year. You know, that, that was a, a tough uh, team that defended the inside, that didn't give you a lot of room. And, and we found a way this year where a year ago, I'm not confident we would have. So I thought we took a step there. You know, had, had a hell of a series against the best team in the league in Colorado. Um, but couldn't do it, you know, couldn't do it two times against a team that, that was playing that way. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think everything's on the table. You got, we got to look at everything. We've got to look at, uh, you know, what we can do different from a coaching perspective. We've got to look at our personnel. Um, I think everything's on the table. Frustrating knowing that, uh, that it was – that close of a series it hurts it it hurts it really does because this is a team and you know i've been here four years this is a team i believed had the opportunity to go all the way uh when you look at what they're able to accomplish in the year you look at the makeup of the roster the players the goaltending and just everything about it and that's what makes it even more painful uh certainly for the coaching staff and that's a tough question for pete DeBoer to answer at that because he hasn't had a chance for it to digest, and they will. The coaching staff, management, they will look at every piece of this. They will assess every part, um, starting with themselves, where they need to make changes be better uh, as to the players. And it's it's not something that's going to be – they're not going to have answers in a day, a week, two weeks. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process throughout the summer as, as they look at everything. And obviously there's certainly critical dates that come up uh, – you know, the draft for agency and all those sort of things about how they're going to have to reconstruct a bit of this roster. I think there's, you know, a lot of things certainly in place that you're not going to change. 
But there's at the same time, there there's going to be some things that they're going to have to to really look at and possibly make some moves. A couple of inspire, expiring contracts, so we'll get into that, and you'll hear from Robin Leonard and Alec Martinez in segment number two. Uh, but how about just a comment on Montreal? This is a team that just got off the deathbed against Toronto and rolled uh, the Winnipeg Jets and managed to come through uh, sort of a combination, a hybrid of the two series uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. I didn't see this coming. Where are you now in the belief of is this is a one-off or is and and they've got something and they're they're riding this mystique of Montreal, aka eighty-six, aka ninety-three, or is this a team that really has something that's building? I think they have something that's building. I've watched them, and then you know early in the season, I remember they I said they were my pick for the North, mm-hmm. and then they fell apart. I just and, and I remember listening to people who talked about this team and, and people we know uh, who've been around the game said this team's built for playoffs. And, well, they are. Uh, and they may, you know, Mark Bergevin made some great moves. You know, Corey Perry, everybody wondered about him. This is a guy that understands. He's won before. He hasn't won since. That was early in his career. He's on hole 18, mm-hmm. possibly heading into 19 yeah. here. And when you get to that point and you have that type of experience – you really understand these moments. I think Eric Stahl, the same thing. Uh, you know, Josh Anderson bringing him in. And then, you know, you get the emergence uh, of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, these young guys. And, Cuck and, and Yemi went through yeah, a roller Cuck coaster, but he's, he's on he's a high. He's been really good. And then the defensive group. Uh, you know, I watched Ben Sherratt in Winnipeg. He, he is a steady guy. Shea Weber's certainly a guy who's been in the league. He's been one of the top defensemen for years. But, his, you know, now he's at this point. This is... Uh, you know, understanding the moment, uh, you really start to do it a little later in your career. But if you can have those guys that pass it to the young guys, uh, that that is so important because it, it is hard to get to the final four. It's hard to get to playoffs and then to win a round, two rounds, and uh, it doesn't come around all the time. You have to embrace it and understand that opportunity. You talk about uh, the 18th seed. And the 31 teams uh, when it comes to total points uh, this year. They were the fourth seed in the North Division. And if it was a regular year, there's a good chance they don't even make the playoffs because of uh, how difficult that that division is that they normally play in. They probably wouldn't have. So they take advantage of an opportunity. You have to. That, that's what sport is all about as a player, as a team, is, you know, when you get opportunity, what do you do with it? Uh, you could even say in life, um, and that's getting really philosophical. But uh, talk about therapy! Wow, we're getting deep. Yeah, um, but it, you know, it reminds me of was it 2012? The Kings, yep. eighth seed. You know, look at what they went through to to get there and to win it. it. It's anybody's game, and you hear it every year at the start of the season. Is the main goal in a regular season is to be a playoff team. It's hard to get to playoffs, and once you do. Everything gets wiped away. Whatever just happened, the your top seed, goals, assists, you led the league here, there, everywhere, that is all gone. And it becomes a whole new season at a higher level, at a higher difficulty to win. When we continue, we'll spend a couple of minutes on what's next on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, ledger. 
next year it's back to normal, 82 games and uh, inside the Pacific Division. We'll also get into Game 7 tonight between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, determining an opponent in the Stanley Cup Final for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, your questions and your comments using the hashtag on Twitter, nighttime at noon. Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions. That's world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the Society, you will have access to the entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. It's nighttime at noon, live from Studio 31 at City National Arena, here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Studio 31, it's uh, nighttime at noon. Darren Millard along with Shane Nutty. Some questions coming in uh, using the hashtag nighttime at noon. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Golden Knight fans, VGK Authentics is the official home for all game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise from game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys and much more. Owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy, so check out all the great items at VGK Authentics by visiting VegasTeamStore.com. Uh, so now we, we turn the page, and uh, it's tough because normally you like to proofread what you're going to uh, go through but it's been so quick we haven't had a chance to no. do that uh, after last night's loss 3-2 in overtime in game 6 which bounced the Golden Knights in 6 games in the Stanley Cup semifinal and if you're going to look at priorities uh, there's not going to be a lot of changes uh, just uh, I mean there were some significant names that moved uh, last off season but the overall roster didn't didn't change a lot are we looking at a similar situation this time around yeah and yeah and this is where you need to be careful because you know you have that the instinct after a hurtful loss like this that they were unable to to get and accomplish the goal everybody oh you got to do it you know you've got to take time to to look at the situation to look at the roster and you know certainly there are things you have to address contracts they're going into you know it's a flat salary cap world they're in right now um you got to remember that they're one of the four teams out of 31 that made it to this point. So, you know, if you don't make playoffs, there's a lot more you're looking at. If you get bounced earlier, like they, they still quite an accomplishment, 40 wins in the regular season. This is a good team. So it's a matter of tinkering. Um, we one big question we all know, and I think the biggest one to answer is Alec Martinez. I think that's the guy you want back. I think he wants to be back, but – there's things beyond our pay grades that uh, need to be answered on that, on how they're going to work the cap. And, you know, is there going to be some movement of players out? Can they get, you know, dump some salary in certain situations? Uh, and then what's going to be the push from below? Um, is Cody Glass going to emerge on the scene? Is One guy I think that is is Peyton Krebs. Uh, from the little sample size we saw of him, uh, there there's a tenacious, tenacious, uh, uh, what is it, characteristic to the way he plays the game that I think he's going to be an impact player. Kid has an engine. He does. And that, he he's certainly welcome, we saw. And then you think of the growth of players this year. Uh, Keegan Colasar, Nick Waugh, who had an up-and-down season. I thought he was terrific in playoffs. Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, the experience they gained, you know, as blue liners. Uh, they're going to be better. Um, so there's, there's some real good positives that, Still came out of this year when they look at it, but I think they're going to have to. They're going to really have to look, and there, there's going to be some, you know, possibly is there guys that have been here a while that uh, you know the time is up. 
that that's you know not my decision or yours, but mm. the they'll look at all, all those uh, points. Um, you know, do they want to get you know look at trying to find that number one center? Um, that's uh, you know these are all questions that uh, are going to be brought up, are going to be discussed, are going to be debated. Uh, uh, not only on the outside, but certainly uh, within on, on how they want to move forward and what can they do to, to strengthen it and get them to that, you know, is there just a few pieces or a few adjustments? Um, because the goal each and every year is to win the Stanley Cup. They didn't do it this year, uh, them, and it'll be 30 other teams uh, that'll be go through the exact same uh, evaluation process to see what needs to be done so they can the next season. Three expiring contracts, uh, Tomas Nosek, Matthias Janmark, a trade deadline acquisition, and Alec Martinez. And then uh, you get into more in, in the next couple of years. But those are the big three that, uh, that you look at veterans off the roster right now. And uh, when you discuss looking at, uh, at changing the, the group a little bit, uh, like nobody saw Alex Petrangelo uh, oh. coming in and Nate Schmidt having to move on. Yeah. Uh, that's the type of thing that, that you look at. Now, I'm not sure that there's a Petrangelo-type move oh, I with this cap. And it was a rough season up and down, but, boy, in playoffs, he was he was their best player, mm-hmm. him along with the goaltenders, but that's, that wasn't enough. Uh, the goaltending, let's go there, and then we'll work, work our way up. The goaltending tandem, for as much play as it got in the offseason, it worked. 100%. Uh, I... I'd like to see them find a way to stick with it because mm-hmm. I think it is a huge strength, a huge asset, and you can't predict. Like I said this year, had they moved, let's say there was rumors of Fleur, had they moved him and Leonard went down, what would have happened? Um, you know, you can't control injuries and the rotation. I, I just, you know, that that's an area I would think. Uh, I think that's a position of strength for the Golden Knights and, and something that you'd like to carry into next season. Uh, the center ice position. Uh, is going to be uh, hotly contested, maybe more so outside the market than inside because it was a conversation in every series when you would talk to people on the national level. They would say, "This they, they just uh, don't have the center ice. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, when he was healthy, was, was good and made the other two guys go. But uh, but it is, it is a focus in the hockey world about having a, a number one, true, tried and true number one center. There, it certainly is. A lot of teams you talk about building down the middle. And your your top you know top four defensive group along with goaltenders. So uh, I thought Chandler Stevenson that line was great in the regular season. I thought in the regular season it worked, but the problem is it didn't in playoffs. Yeah. And that's that's why you've got to look at you know how important and what needs to be done. Is it possible? What's the options um, to bring in a guy and, and who's available? The blue line, uh, the growth of this defense core. Last year we saw Zach Whitecloud blossom in the bubble in the back half of the season. Uh, this year you mixed in Nick Hag who became a yeah. full-time National Hockey Laker. Dylan Coughlin's knocking on the door. It's that type of uh, influx of players on yeah, lower-end contracts. Dylan Coughlin, yes. Players that's... on lower-end contracts or entry-level contracts yeah. that you need maybe on the forward side next year to help offset this flat cap. Yeah, Dylan Coughlin huge strides this year and a guy that moves the puck skates well he's got a cannon could be a power play guy um you know that could could move into this lineup so yeah you certainly you want to have those guys because that helps you on the cap side of things if you want to go out and make that acquisition or or make a move that that works for your team uh, the growth of the youth and well no better way than looking at the montreal canadians is a couple of their key contributors were more caulfield and suzuki 
in this series. And, you know, they're, they're not paid top dollar. Uh, you know, they nope. lost Jonathan Drouin uh, for personal reasons, uh, who's, you know, one of their guys. We forget about that. Um, Josh Anderson, I you know, that type of player, that power forward, uh, that's uh, that's a guy I'd like to, you know, can they get a guy like that? What 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 are they missing? Um, and that's all those things that Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, their, their staff will look at. They'll talk with the coaching staff who will look at where could we have done this or that. And for the players, it's about learning, understanding, getting better here in the offseason uh, as they get better right now. It's still pretty fresh and there will uh, be a bad taste in the mouth and there should be uh, there has to be you, you can't uh, uh, you've got to let it sink in and then and then get ready to move on in a couple of weeks uh, we've got more time on the vgk insider show uh four to six uh, every day on fox sports las vegas uh just occurred to me as we've been going through this and sort of talking it through and uh, type of therapy, uh, Scotty Bowman is a guy that we should be leaning on uh, <laughs> over the next uh, couple of weeks because he went through this in Detroit. Remember all those years, those great Detroit teams and just couldn't get through that last little hurdle before they broke through and won all the cups. Majority of teams, Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. how many, the Washington Capitals, so you think of great the teams yep. that win it. How many bad years do they have? You do. Think of the San Jose Sharks, how they were good for so long but couldn't get there. Yeah. Uh, we could mention the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, a bad while. example because they haven't, they haven't quite done it yet. <laughs> but I'm saying teams that, teams that have won it, uh, it hasn't always happened you know, instantly. It has taken some hard lessons, some hard losses. Uh, the Golden Knights uh, have had those over their short existence in four years. Uh, hard losses, but what you do and how you learn from them is what makes you stronger, and that's uh, that's something that they've got to take, and that's a positive spin on it. Okay, I think they're going to be a really, really good team next year that's going to be in the conversation once again, but what have they learned from these devastating losses that they've had through the first year? It's only been four years. Mm-hmm. I know people think, you know, well, they should have had one out of that. Well, it is hard to win the Stanley Cup. That has been proved. Uh, Mark Stone Took a lot of uh, onus yes. last night, and then at the end said he was not hurt. No, and he, I, I love that, and and who knows if that's true. But the fact that he's not, there's going to be no excuses here. Uh, he, that's accountability from your leader, from your captain. That's what you want. He, and it's going to be tough for him because he is a guy that is passionate, that wants to win. He's a competitor, and uh, he understand recognizes that he needed to to be better, to produce for his team. And it's not just him, but him saying it hopefully makes the other people realize too so that next time hopefully they get in that situation, they know what that needs to be done. Might be reading too much into it, but he said myself, me, and the guys. Like there wasn't, it wasn't just him. The it guys was, know. Yeah. They know. There's going to be a lot of them. That there's going to be some sleepless nights here going forward. They're thinking about – uh, you know, they'll be thinking about situations. What could have I done there? It, it plays in your mind for a while. Uh, circumstances here in this last series, uh, situations where they could have scored or they could have def- did this play better or made a better decision here. Uh, that's The players all understand. And, and you can't let it sit with you, but you got to recognize it. 
Shane Knighty, Stanley Cup champion, is uh, with you uh, for this entire hour on Nighttime at Noon, and we will uh, get to your questions, your comments. Uh, use the hashtag Nighttime at Noon, and uh, we will fire them towards uh, the Vegas Golden Knights television analyst on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, time for a break. For exclusive Vegas Golden Knights gear, visit uh, one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team store locations, the Armory located here at uh, or at uh, T-Mobile, and the Arsenal located right downstairs at Sydney National Arena, right below Studio 31. Vegas team store dot com uh, visit it today uh, more on the other side of the bracket the new york islanders and the tampa bay lightning uh, play uh, game seven tonight to uh, face the montreal canadians in the stanley cup final we'll get to that plus uh, more on the vegas golden knights on nighttime at noon on fox sports las vegas live from city national arena this is nighttime at noon on fox sports las vegas Oh, Jared! Come on! I know, I know we're uh, we're not feeling our best today, but that's that's a little bit of uh, a pall hanging over us today. Jared Justice back in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, <laughs> trolling us uh, today. Darren Millard along with Shane Natty, uh, coming off a disappointing result in the Stanley Cup semifinals. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, eliminated by the Montreal Canadiens three two in overtime last night. The series goes to a four two. Questions coming in to nighttime at noon. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, uh, a big game seven tonight. Tampa Bay against the New York Islanders. No Nikita Kucherov today at the morning skate. Best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning and um, Braden Point. Braden Point. He's got goals in nine straight. He does. He does. Just Kucherov's got the He's points. Kucherov's good. I know. Uh, so, how much of a uh, hit is that? Huge. On a play that didn't even get a penalty, yeah. two feet from the ref, and, and I'm. I'm the first to back the refs and understand it's a quick game, and I don't, you know, there's been a lot of complaints in this playoff. I've been fine with it. That was one play that was certainly should have been at least a minor, if not more, a cross-check right to the ribs. Full extension. You know, a lot of cross-checks, you know, contacts made before you start to extend, but that was full out, um, you know, right to Kucherov by Mayfield and uh, no call, but this is a big loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they've played through it. This this team's you know been without Kucherov. They've been without Stamkos. Uh, uh, to me, the guy that drives the team is Braden Point. Um, you know, and Vasilevsky's good. Uh, the New York Islanders though aren't going to go away. I thought after that, that shellacking in Game Five that uh, Tampa yeah. would have it, but the Islanders found a way. Um, we'll see what happens. But certainly, if Tampa's without uh, number eighty-six. Uh, they're going to need other guys to step up, which they've been able to find before. Did it without Stamkos last year yeah. in the bubble, uh, so they've been down that path. Uh, I tried to get Derek England to grab a hockey stick yesterday and demonstrate how uh, painful a cross-check can be. by. Hitting, I, I'd by, gladly. Is there one? I don't even need a hockey. Well, Dakota Miller was uh, was in here and is in here again today, and I said, Derek, can you demonstrate it on, on Dakota to see, and we'll just keep oh, elevating. I want to do it on you. No. <laughs> I have to throw it a break. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so how painful? It's painful. Is that well? They're used. You used to always aim. So this was before the rules. That that was how you defended the front of the net, and you didn't. You know, it was either the back of the pants. You'd push down to get them, or you'd try to get between the shoulder pad and elbow pad, right, kind of on Ooh, the, yeah. the top of the you know bottom of the tricep and the bicep area. And you know, a lot of guys would be swollen. They'd wear extra padding. Like as a D man, I'd love to you know quick shots there. It hurts. Well, it's it's a stick coming at you full force. 
The best thing that could happen is it breaks, then at least that takes away some of the force. Um, but that one was clean, hard, and to me looked right on the ribs. Mayfield, how about that play? He does the cross check, yeah, and, then, he and then comes back and scores the goal. So he's got the, the brawn and the, and the beautiful hands. It was a beautiful goal. Great play by Barzell, who's, you know, just he can do so much with that puck when it's on his stick, hanging on to it. And, yeah, Mayfield, uh, the unlikely guy, but a huge goal to tie it up, push it to overtime, and then just a bad turnover by Coleman. Um, which happens, that's, you know, somebody's got to make a mistake or the game's going to go on forever. Tampa has home ice advantage in Game 7 against the New York Islanders. The winner gets the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup Final. Montreal, by the way, they won the, Montreal won the Campbell Bowl yesterday. They never won the Campbell Bowl before because it always goes to the Western Conference yeah. winner. So uh, Montreal... Another new, uh, <laughs> something new for that uh, historic <laughs> franchise to exactly. hang in the rafters. Uh, so and the Montreal hadn't been back to a final since 1993. They're the last Canadian team to win it. So there's a lot riding on uh, on Montreal uh, on that side of it. Uh, you mentioned Braden Point. He's got goals in nine straight. The record is ten consecutive games by Reggie Leach back in 1976. The Riverton Rifle. He's from Riverton, Manitoba. Oh, I know he's a Manitoba. And uh, and that guy can shoot. And uh, and he's actually hoping Braden Point uh, equals the record tonight. So that's kind of cool. It, it's just a. I, I don't think we recognize how big that is in playoffs to score nine straight in today's game and the numbers that point and a lot of those Tampa Bay Lightning players have put up here in playoffs is uh, you know I was joking I was on a podcast the other day, I said nine straight scoring nine straight games that's you know scoring nine goals like that it's I a season that, I said it's for some of us it would have been a good career <laughs> um, but it, it really is outstanding what he's been able to do in that Tampa when they let go but uh, the Islanders I mean and it's interesting when you look at the final. Everybody thinks the, if the Islanders win, it's going to be a boring final. I disagree with that. I don't think uh, you can just come through. And I, I'm interested, though, if Tampa wins, if Montreal can do it again. It's like the same type of teams they've met, these high-powered offensive teams. That can, can they stifle another team that way? Part of me thinks they have a better chance against Tampa. Because they've, I agree. they've already done it a few yeah. times. It would be a similar opponent. Where they meet the Islanders, I think it's going to be a real patient game. Mm-hmm. Um, both these teams just you know lock it down. They they're, have the ability. They're going to scrum it, up. scrum it up, wait for that one mistake, that bad play, and then a quick counter strike. Uh, are you surprised at all at how early the overtime goals have been? In this a little bit, season? yeah, I have a little bit. You think of the chances. I like mentioned the Pacioretty chance. I thought the Golden Knights had some great ones late in that third uh, that just went wide. Uh, Yanmark, that little backhand that just missed the outside yeah. of the post. Um, and it's a game of inches, and it didn't go. The Golden Knights didn't get a bounce. That's another thing that didn't go their way. Um, but, yeah, it's been a little surprising. Usually you get those long extended and overtime. We saw it in the bubble last year. Yeah. Uh, what was it, four? Five. Five, that's right. Whew. Columbus, yeah. Tampa uh, going at it. Uh, when you uh, evaluate Tampa Islanders, Tampa should win, but <laughs> they went six games last we, we, year. We talked about We just finished talking about I the know. should win doesn't matter. Win. We just saw that. Uh, Tampa won in six games last year in overtime in game six. Uh, this time around, the Islanders win in overtime in game six to force the seventh game. So I think this is – I think – New York is a much better team. And talk about a team that's built for the playoffs. Like Their their regular season didn't have a lot to scream about. And they're doing it without their captain, mm. Anders Lee, uh, who's a big factor. Goal scorer, body, big man. 
Uh, this the Islander and Barry Trotz is you know he's done a great job as a coach. Uh, I'm a big Barry Trotz fan. Had him as a coach, Manitoban, know him. Um, he gets the best out of his players, and and I'm also a fan of John Cooper. You know, any of the coaches that get their team to this point have done two a Notre Dame job. Hounds there again, two Notre Dame Hounds. That's and, right, and uh, Barry Trotz and John Cooper. Uh, let's get into uh, nighttime at noon and uh, the hashtag. Uh, and there's a couple of questions coming, and just talking about uh, coaching and and what you might be able to do coaching wise. They no stone was left uh, unturned here, but uh, the power play uh, is getting some attention. Uh, that'll be the big one for the coaching staff to look at. I think that'll be certainly a a point of concern and and where they can make moves and 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 how they can be better. Now, all that said, and I've said it to you and I've said it countless times ever whether I'm on TV or I'm on radio is all the Xs and Os that coaches lay out that you got all the options. Every coach it's it's minuscule on how it's different. You make adjustments here there, but it's on the players mm-hmm. to execute. And hockey is not a sport of, okay, like football, you got to run this route or we're going to run this play. No, it's hear what you have, and then it's read and react. Um, you know, you get options, but you still got to read and react. It is the fastest sport. You can't do anything that's set. You can do set face-off plays and that type of thing or breakouts. But when it comes to the power play, it's read and react. I think a lot of it, a huge part of it was the confidence of the players. They just didn't have it. They're coming over the boards in every power play. They oh. And so that's on, you know, as much as the coaches, and they will look at it. What can they change? What adjustments can be made? But to me, the blame falls on the people who have to execute, and that's the players. And maybe no better example of that than what Montreal just did with a coaching change middle of the season, and then their coach benched because of a positive COVID-19 test, and the interim guy filling in for the interim head yeah. coach and the athletes had to go out and play exactly so the you know the head coach wasn't there players know by that time you know what the matchup what's the game plan uh, all those things and luke richardson you know he would be in conversation with uh Descharm about how they want to go i think they had meetings zoom meetings you know every intermission pregame all that so it was a part of it um but when you get to the game you know who's going your game plan set uh you get on the bench there's certain things you just about who's up next they'll be watching for matchups but uh, the players know all that, and they, they hear from the coach. So it, it is, it's on the players. Uh, question uh, coming in to uh, nighttime at noon. Alex Tuck, what's the ceiling there? Oh, well, he, you look at the natural ability. It's mm-hmm. it's it's off the charts. Uh, got, speed, got to look in the top line in the speed, series. Speed, his size, um, you know, that's, and, and he's still, a, I, you know, he's still a young guy. I think that uh, his ceiling, I think, you know, next year's a big year for him. He's... You know, kind of they've talked about him emerging. Uh, now it's on him to emerge and round out his game. I think he's a player that has so many good qualities. If he can add a couple of more, I think when he has that bite to his game, learning to play, you know, at times in more straight lines is going to be very important for him to get to the inside, to to be a harder guy to play against. That's 6'4", 220, 225, whatever he is, that has that speed and that skill in his toolbox. It's... Uh, He's got to he's got to add some layers to his game, and that's what young players do. You keep adding layers and understanding the league, and when they do, uh, it's not only what the ceiling, but he comes a more consistent player, and that's important. Direct message uh, on Twitter uh, asking: Is there a competition between Peyton Krebs and Cody Glass? I would think so. Absolutely, yeah. there's going to be competition. You know who's going to be on the top line, second, third, fourth. There is that's that's what you want in your training camp when they come back next year. You want that push from underneath. You want guys to recognize that hey, 
nothing is signed, sealed. Certainly there's some players we know are going to be okay. Uh, I was never one of them. You come to camp to earn your spot, and you try to beat out others. You try, and if you're a fourth-line guy, can you try and climb to a third-line guy and so on? It's so important to have that internal competition, and those will be two of the guys who can step up. Uh, Shea Theodore at times just squeezing the stick uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's not not a great playoffs Mm -hmm. to be honest uh needed more um yeah and you know it was kind of like that at the end of the regular season since she came back from injury it just didn't didn't seem right so uh we know what he's uh, you know capable of we saw it in the playoff bubble he led the team in points was was you know one of their best players and uh, you know, is it, you know, Petrangelo maybe take, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn yeah, that. I wonder about that. I wonder, you know, Petrangelo was so good. Uh, you know, did he just maybe try too much? I think, you know, it was squeezing the stick. I think he was thinking too much um, instead of letting just his instincts. So another young guy that hopefully learns and is, you know, about to hit his prime. And he's a guy that I think has the ability to be a Norris contender if he he rounds out again. Adding he needs to add some layers to his game. Isn't it amazing? Like because there's no guaranteed true trajectory when you see some somebody uh, like like Shea Theodore this time last year was. We were Ooh. talking Norris Trophy conversation, everything, and uh, he's still the same player, still the same skill set, but it's developing he, that consistency right. in your game. Yeah. And you, and you, see that with young players getting consistency as they get older they understand they become more of a you know a, a professional athlete understanding what it takes preparation mental toughness all those things and then you know lo- understanding the league what makes them successful and what doesn't and what they need to do uh we have uh, t-mobile was was great uh, just before oh. we get too far uh down into the path just uh, while we have you here uh, we started the season with zero fans Nobody in the buildings, and it progressed to a, a sellout season. And uh, just getting back to normal, like where we were a year ago, coming back from the bubble, the uh, questions about the season going forward, uh, would it start in December, January, whatever. But, boy, it gives you a, a great springboard, even after this loss, and it hurts, but knowing that we should be normal in October. That's That's been maybe the one comforting thing for me is what we were able to see. And, and this, for me, goes right back – to when it was shut down, uh, and then to the playoff ball, because it's always, always a waiting game for us, playoff ball. How are we going to call games? Okay, we're going to call games off monitors staring at a concrete pad in T-Mobile, and then, you know, disappointing loss there. But you didn't move on because, all right, we're waiting to see what's going to happen in the world. Are we going to have another season? We get the other season. As you mentioned, we start. It's kind of, you know, no fans, but at least we're, at least I was watching hockey live in front of me for home games. And then the growth, and now, you know, season's done. Now, it kind of feels a little bit normal. Like, okay, yeah. we'll get set. Training camp in September, season in October. Uh, it, that is the one positive is that we're hoping the world returns to normal. And that's something that I'm excited about. Uh, when we continue, you will hear from Alec Martinez, uh, just uh, one of the great post-game comments uh, after a game in which the season ended. And perspective is the best way that I can describe it. Uh, You'll hear from the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman as we continue on the other side on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Rock Creek Cattle Company, a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. 28,000-acre cattle ranch is something for everyone, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing. Keep the music going, hunting, horseback riding, and more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities available now. Visit rockcreekcattlecompany.com for more information. Hope everybody's enjoyed this run of nighttime at noon. With the VGK broadcasters uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, thanks to Doug Marsh, uh, Jared Justice, everybody over at uh, Lotus Broadcasting for allowing us to intrude on the uh, daily programming for an hour and then return for the Insider Show on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas from 4 until 6. We've got to get you involved in the Insider Show more often. Like maybe come in for a couple hours a week. A couple hours? I'm yeah, busy, yeah. man. <laughs> I believe that was a no right there. No, I just, didn't say uh, no. I just Dakota. said I'm a busy man. I think that was a, uh, a no. I I want to get to this Alec Martinez comment uh, last night. And, Jared, uh, this is audio cut to, and he was asked about his initial thought, thoughts of the season and then spun it to this direction. First thing that comes to mind is probably grateful. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people, not just in our organization, but around the league, um, put in a lot of effort, um, did a lot of different things, um, you know, in a, in a, in a, during a strange time that, that allowed us to uh, um, play this year. Um, so I guess uh, a thank you and a tip of the cap to all those. I know there's you know, those probably countless people out there um, that made it possible. So I guess that first and first and foremost. Um, That's incredible perspective. It really is, and you know, it makes me think. Uh, and for us, and you know, this is where you know the disappointment of them not winning, but the fact that we're able to watch them play this year with the right. players, and I could tip the cap to them to commitment they made dealing with this COVID, the travel, the staying in your hotel, having no life, the commitment that came from the teams, the NHL, the league, the players, the coaches, and then even on ours, Darren. For, the people that when we cover games that we were doing remotely, this, that, whether it was, you know, people helping with audio, visual, our organization, Golden Knights staff, Dakota, like people, everybody's helped us to broadcast, to bring games, to do it in a very difficult time, unlike any other. And uh, that is a tremendous perspective, and we, we, we should. I, f- I feel grateful that we were able to call games and to witness another NHL season. You've probably not experienced this uh, as many times as I have uh, in my career. You're old. Uh, because I am old. But when, when Alec Martinez says something like he did uh, post game, every other player is sitting there going, damn, wish I would have yeah. said that. Uh, and I've experienced that uh, numerous yeah. times uh, over over my lifetime. Damn, I wish I wish I would have thought of saying that because uh, what, what, what a wonderful testament. It, it, it's a... And it's not easy to do at that moment no. because with for his ability to step back and really look at it and, and, and feel and recognize that, yeah, this was unprecedented times in the world where we didn't know what was going on. And then all the people that he said, you know, you can't count them, countless people that came together in, in all different areas whether to, to make this season happy and happen and the players uh, for him to feel that 
grateful. It's It was an impressive statement, an impressive uh, comment by Alec Martinez. Uh, Robin Leonard plays the last game of the season, and goaltending was uh, a major part of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, this campaign. They added a uh, stud defenseman in Alex Petrangelo, and we'll see what uh, transpires uh, from now until the start of uh, next October. Uh, October 12th, I believe, is the start of the regular season. should also mention the Stanley Cup Final will begin on Monday. Montreal on the road against either Tampa Bay or the New York Islanders. Uh, who wins Game 7 tonight? And who do you like in the final? Oh boy! Uh, well, I've not been able to guess right yet. I'm gonna go. I'll go with Tampa. Yep. Okay. I'll give the home team. I think Tampa should win. I think they should, but I won't be surprised if New York does. And uh, and then you've got Montreal trying to break that long Canadian drought. And does that unite Canada, or does that? <laughs> I'm just happy that we can post things on Twitter again without getting yeah, lambasted. Exactly. Uh, That'll be nice. Uh, thanks to uh, Dakota Miller for stopping by and uh, making sure that we get on the air here from Studio 31 and Jared Justice uh, for the brilliance uh, operating and uh, Shane Naughty as well for his thoughts. Uh, Stanley Cup champion talking about uh, the trials and tribulations of a playoff run. We'll talk to you later on this afternoon on the VGK Insider Show.